This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you shop at a Walmart Vision Center, you get it. You know that you'll spend a little less on stylish glasses for the whole family. Welcome to the Vision Center. Let me know if you need help finding the perfect frame. Hey mom, you were right. These glasses are cool. Hun, they take our insurance. That means Papa's getting a new pair, too. Whoa, glasses start at just $39. Next stop, groceries. So you can get a little more of what you need. Find a vision center near you. Save money, live better. Walmart. And welcome back to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and I am joined by, I'm going to call her a very close friend. She is a very close friend, Claire Parrish. She's on to do our very first episode. I just really just brought this to everyone's attention. We're going to be doing a segment of this next season, but we're going to do it right now. Three up and three down. Best and worst matches of the season. So Claire and I are going to go through that. I also want to mention a couple things. We will have a full season review next week and we're going to have a lot of people on that we're getting that together we were hoping to do that today but we just didn't have enough time so we're going to be doing that next week so i'm looking forward to that last thing before i go to claire want to please tell everyone to please subscribe to cottage talk on youtube help other film supporters and other fans of other clubs and supporters find us so please subscribe on youtube okay claire Welcome back to the show. It's been a while. Obviously, a lot has been going on with you. And thank you so much for joining me. You and I have been talking a great deal. And uh, I just wanted to give you just a few minutes if you wanted to talk a little bit about what's been going on with you. Everyone's familiar with what happened to your father. And as you and I talk, my my thoughts are always with you in regards to what happened with your father. And and I'm thinking about you and your family. It's been a been a tough time for you, but uh, I wanted to get you on because uh, I know how much you love talking about Fulham and how much you love the club. So I'm so happy to have you join me today to talk about Fulham and also maybe a few minutes to talk about your father. 
Yeah, thanks for us. It's been ages, hasn't it? It's been it so has. long. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know where to start, to be honest. Today's been a rare day for me just to do um, some housework and catch up on things because everything's been a whirlwind, really has. I, I wouldn't even know where to begin, to be honest with you. Um, but, you know, I think being at... Um, Sheffield United on Saturday feels like ages ago now yeah. on Saturday all I kept thinking was dad would have just loved this you know and I know you know I'm not unique I'm sure I'm one of many who have lost someone sure this season if you want to go through life by football seasons we often do because it dictates what we do right. in our lives right. um but you know I did and I've been thinking about it a lot and you know just thinking how much dad would have loved this season and even Saturday yeah. even though we were completely pants we we had such a great time you That's know great. we had such a didn't great matter, time Claire, in the end did it really yeah. matter no no didn't matter at all. I couldn't have cared less. When those goals were flying in, I just turned around to my friend Mark and I said, I couldn't care any less about this. This just, you know, and, and dad would have, he, you know, I miss him because he he, he was always there with us. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think I put something on Twitter the other day um, that I really feel like we've lost him now because I don't have football, because I used to always decorate his chair, wherever we went, even a away game, I'd put his chair and, and a scarf on the back of, on the back of um, his chair, sorry, uh, his shirt and his, and a scarf and his bounty bar on the back of, um, on the back of a chair at an away game and always put it on his, his chair at the home games. So, you know, I, I really did feel like, dad was there with us and I I feel like me and Felicity are feeling the loss more now because we haven't got the football you know that's right there's it? no distraction yes yeah it's yeah. nothing exactly. it's just now now it kind yeah. of probably settling in yeah it, it's hit us it's really hit Felicity because she bottles things up so she um she's been she was really quite bad yesterday oh I'm so but, sorry to hear that Claire it needs to come out, you know, and, and that's the thing. There's no, and you know, like I say, we're not unique no. in losing someone no. you love. And, you know, sometimes it happens suddenly and sometimes people go through horrendous, horrendous long-term illnesses. Neither is, neither you'd wish on anyone, but you know, is it, we're not unique, but you know, Fliss is one of those people that bottles it up. And I always said it will come out it will come out eventually, you know, and, and it started to come out now. And I don't think, you know, that it's no coincidence that it's at the end of the football season, you know? Right. Um, right. But, you know, just, he would have bloody loved it. He would have loved this season. And it just every time Mitro scores since 29th of January, I've cried. <laughs> I cheered and I've danced. And I've jumped about, but I've also cried because that was the last thing my dad, dad ever saw was Mitro school. That was the last thing. So for me, you know, oh. even in 50 years time, Mitro is going to be the last person that made my dad smile. That's never going to change. Wow. So he's, he's a special guy for me. That's incredible, <laughs> Claire. And 
I'll be mentioning a little bit about that because when we do three up and three down, just a this a just a little spoiler alert. We're going to be talking about something that actually happened to you in one of my three ups. So we'll we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. But I do want to share this. Uh, a couple of comments. This is from Eddie, who's watching live. <laughs> I love that. But then he shared this as well. Lost my father in 2010. He was my best friend. Been thinking about Claire a lot this season. And and Claire, there are so many people thinking about you. I lost uh, a friend of mine, you know, again, longtime listener, Roger Lewis, passed away. And, and others have mentioned their fathers, mothers, and family members. You know, we, we all lose them. but And that's what has uh, brought it all back to me. I told you just this morning that when you lost your father, I thought of my father right away who passed away in 2016. It never leaves you. And uh, I definitely understand what's going on with Felicity because my own daughter still, it's all bottled up when losing my father, she will not talk about it. She just will not talk about my son the same way. Both of them just don't want to go there. And it's hard because they've, they've kept it all inside. They've never let it out. So it's, it's hard to lose loved ones. And uh, I I just want to say what you have uh, experienced, you know, you know, like we're talking about, we've all experienced it, but I want to talk a little bit about this before we really get into the show. Something that you're doing, Claire, is inspiring to me. Let's talk about the initiative that you're trying to put forth, not just with Fulham, but you want to make it worldwide with defibrillators and really getting people to know where they are in all locations. So let's talk a little bit about that because I think this is also part of your father's legacy. Yeah, it's um, it, it's going back to how I felt when dad was experiencing his cardiac arrest and feeling completely helpless and hopeless and not knowing what to do. And just that experience made me think, well, who does know what to do? And speaking about it to many, many, many people, so many people have said to me, you know, 98% of the people I speak to say to me, I don't know where my nearest defibrillator is to where I live, to where I work, to how I travel to work. Um, I think nowadays most most train stations here have them, yep. but we don't all travel by train to work. So what if it happens at a bus stop or what have you? You know, we're, my my my. Um, I have two doctors now, two Fulham supporters who are, who are doctors who uh, have jumped on board with me to help me with this initiative, Doctor Chris great. and Doctor Avas, which is amazing. They're great guys. We met for a little um, planning sesh the other day over brunch, and um, we've come up with some plans that I I have to put into writing to to send further to the club. The club have been really supportive with initiatives so far that they've put in place, um, which is fantastic. And they they have been really supportive. And I had a meeting with them a few weeks ago and they took on board everything I said, have implemented some changes already, which they've put on the website and addressed in the programme against... I forget who, but it was in a program. But more importantly, it's on the website. So people can um, obviously refer back to that at any time because not everyone buys a program. Um, So, yeah, it's just about getting the awareness out there. What to do if someone is having a cardiac arrest, how to spot the signs. 
you know, I think one of the most important things is is knowing the difference between a cardiac arrest and a heart attack. Um, if you have a heart attack, you're conscious. If you have a cardiac arrest, you are unconscious. So knowing how to check somebody is conscious or unconscious. Um, if they're unconscious, obviously, first thing you do is dial the emergency services, obviously. Um, and then obviously, it's knowing how to do the CPR and and locate a defib, know where a defib is. In this country, I'm sure it's the same in the States. In this country, when you phone for an ambulance, um, the, the operator should be telling you where the nearest defib is. But to actually just know where it is, you know, right. say you're in your office at work and you're going out for lunch. You witness someone having a cardiac arrest in in the Starbucks three doors down, six doors down. Where's that defib? You know, so we need to know. And I, I found recently that there's a lot of defibrillators around, but nobody knows where they are because they're not labeled. There's there's wonderful, quite sort of fist size labels that you can get that say there's a defib in this location. But a lot of locations, for some reason, don't advertise this. That's one thing Fulham have changed immediately, uh, which is great. And they've also registered, Fulham Football Club have now registered their defibs on the, um, on the, oh, the circuit. It's, it's a website by the British Heart Foundation, which helps you locate where your nearest defib is. It's called the circuit. I'm sure you have something the same yeah. over there, right? Um, so Fulham Football Club have done that. They've registered that there's defib. So not only for match days, but obviously you have, it's a residential area. You have a lot of people walking down past the ground at all times of the day. That is accessible 24-7 to the public. So that's something they've changed and they've been able to change immediately. Uh, right. Like I say, there's some more things that we're doing, but it's just getting people to know what a cardiac arrest is and how right. to help. That's the main thing. And there are so many free resources online. Right. You know, I'm sure there are in you the, the States. I don't know your websites in the States, but certainly British Heart Foundation, St. John's Ambulance in the UK. And, and they're free resources. They're just videos you can watch online. And OK, it might not teach you everything, but it will give you a better idea than right. perhaps we had six months ago, you know? Right. And Claire, listen, thank you so much for sharing that. And honestly, I wasn't aware of the website. Is there an app without the circuit? Do they have an app for that? I'm, I hate to mention, ask mm -hmm. if they do, because I'm just thinking while we're talking about this, it'd be great to have an app on your phone that would let you know where the nearest defib is, yeah. where, it can, where, you know, again, like, like a GPS, you could like really find it very quickly. I, I, I don't yeah. know, again, maybe that's an idea to yeah. have like an actual app on your phone, which could let you know where the nearest one is. Just, just a thought yeah. while we're I'm talking. I'm just looking now. I think it is actually just a website. I'm just looking now. But one thing we were talking about, myself and, and Dr. Chris and Dr. Avas, we were talking about uh, in in shopping uh, streets and shopping centers. Right. You know, you, you go into a shopping center and you have a map of where all the stores are. Yeah put the defibs on there as well, you know? Totally agree. 
it's a no-brainer there's yep, so many absolutely. simple things that can be done that would cost pennies to do right. because a lot of the time these things are there but nobody knows they're there and nobody knows what to do so it's just having that awareness and like right, I, say, I agree those free resources online you don't have to pay for them you can educate no. yourself for free you know no, I, I agree you know, we're all Googling about transfer windows and all of that. <laughs> Let's Google how to save someone's life. <laughs> right. To- Listen, totally agree, Claire. And that's why I'm glad that we're spending a few minutes to talk about this, because I think what you're doing is uh, just tremendous. And uh, I also want to mention, I heard about this. I listened to the Fulmish podcast. You're on the Fulmish podcast and you talked about this and they've actually been very helpful as well to getting the word out on this. So I want to give mm. them some kudos for, uh, really also getting the word out and really just getting the message out on how important this is. And I'm glad that we're talking about the difference between a heart attack and cardiac arrest. I didn't even know the difference until I heard about it on the full Mm. podcast from Mm. you. Mm. So that is what's so great is that you actually in very short way told us the difference. And I think that's important to know. So thank you so much for, sharing that with us, Claire. And again, like I said, this is part of your father's legacy is what you are doing to try to create awareness and try to avoid what has happened to your family. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think I said it in the Fulhamish um, podcast and I'll repeat it because it, it you can't say it enough. For every minute someone's in cardiac arrest, they lose 10% survival. So if you don't know where those defibs are, if the ambulance isn't coming, you know, you need to know how to do the CPR. You need to try. You need to try. And that's the biggest thing as well is trying is better than doing nothing. Because if you do nothing, someone in cardiac arrest will die. If you try, they have a chance. Without trying, they have no chance. They will just die, you know? So, you know, we we just have to try. And we we can't be scared of this. It happens. And it happens so much more than people think. Um, And, and yeah, you know, it's it's really just, just learning. Spend 10 minutes today learning this stuff, you know? Well, that's great. And I'm so glad that the club has been on board yeah, to really uh, help you with this. And and uh, really just big thanks to Fulham Football Club for everything that they're doing to get the word out. And then, like I said, this should not just be something for Fulham. It shouldn't even be something for every football club. It, this should yeah. be worldwide. This should yeah. be worldwide, wherever you are. This shouldn't yeah. just be about football clubs. It should mm. be about walking down the street, knowing where this yeah. is. For yeah. me, from for my kids, where is the nearest defibrillator? If something mm-hmm. happened to me, something mm-hmm. happened to my wife, something happened to them, mm-hmm. we should know where that is. So the mm-hmm. fact that you're bringing that to the table, Claire, just um, is just truly wonderful. And thank you for sharing that with us. That's okay. Like I say, I'm I'm not on my own. There's you know, a Fulhamish have helped put the word out yourself for us you know anyone who retweets something i'm tweeting the doctor of us and chris yeah. bless them they're awesome you know we're, we're all doing our bit fulham football club's been amazing and that's great and the hope is fulham football club get this model right and then we can go to every other club every exactly. theater, every restaurant and say hey follow this model you don't need to reinvent the wheel we've invented the wheel you just have to follow this now and that's what we want to do we get it right at fulham we can spread it and and it's it's going to be easy 
is going to be easy. None of it's difficult to do. And none of it is terribly expensive to do either. Okay. Excellent, Claire. Thank you so much for sharing that. And uh, I always say this, my my thoughts are with you. And, uh, And again, just thank you for sharing that. Okay, Claire, let's now have a little fun. Well, now we're going to talk about phone. This is, again, uh, I, I got in touch with Claire. Claire's going to, as I mentioned before, join us on our review show. But I'm like, I'm thinking, I talked to Claire this morning. I'm like, you know what, Claire? How about you and I just have some fun talking phone? So I have started this new segment. We're going to actually do it right now for the first time. And actually, the idea came from Max Cohen. Max, actually, I met Max in person over the weekend for the first time. And Max said, hey, Russ, I have an idea. Why don't we have our own segment and we're going to and we could do a three up and three down. Now, this is uh, popular over here in the States. I don't know if it's popular in England, but it's popular over here to do a three up and three down. And what's great about this is you could do three up and three down about anything. It couldn't just be the the three best players. It could be the three best moments in a match. It could be the three worst moments in a match. It could be a decision by the ref. It could be whatever you want. I chose for this episode to do the three best and worst matches of the season. Since Claire and I are the positive ones of Cottage Talk, we're going to start with the three best. So, Claire, I'm going to go to you first. And if for some reason you are watching live and you want to share your three best and worst, feel free to share that with us. But let's start with, with number three. Best match of the season. What is um, your number three? Okay, so I've cheated a bit here. So so the premiere of your three up, three down, I've sort of messed it up a bit for you, Russ. I'm so nope. sorry. <laughs> no, nope. you didn't mess um, it up. So I've, I've gone off piste a bit because okay. we've had such a fantastic season. It's too difficult just to it is. It is. I'm like, no, I want to choose nearly all of them. Three it is, is but it's fun. Enough. But it's actually it fun to do. So, um... I am saying the um, away win at QPR. That's a great one. Um, A, because we bossed it, absolutely bossed it. B, because I don't like QPR. And C, because (laughs) their fans are the biggest bunch of weirdos going and uh, it was great to see their reaction after the oh. game when we beat them twice in the season because oh. they're strange and they were very, very cross. And that just made me very happy. <laughs> okay, That's a great one, Claire, because, again, there are so many to choose from. And I'm actually going to share my third as you would call outside of the box a little bit because I'm probably going to surprise people with my third. It's actually a way against Birmingham City. Now, the reason why I'm going there is because that's when I really believe that this is going to be a special season. Because even though we won handily, it was really how clinical we were. Mm. The goals, how clinical Fulham were. And I'm thinking, and it was early on in the season, I'm thinking, this is the start of something special. You could do this on the road. And it was against Birmingham City. and And I don't like Birmingham City like you don't like QPR. So I was thinking, like, you know what? I'm going to throw that in there as my third best, Claire, because I thought, to me, that was when I started believing that not only could we gain automatic promotion, we might win the league. This is when I started to believe, and this is early on. So that's my number three. What do you think? Yeah, I like that one. 
I like that one. I've got a terrible memory, so I'm trying to think back. But what I do remember is having a conversation with you afterwards yeah. and you saying exactly what you just said, Claire, you know, we're going to do this. I remember yep. that conversation. Yep. <laughs> yep. This is when it all kicked off for me. This yeah. is when I really said to myself, okay, this is different than the other two times that we had gone through the playoffs. This mm. is a season where I can see automatic promotion, where I really felt that this team was different. Mm. And uh, that was the match away uh, against Birmingham City. So that's why that's my number three. Okay, Claire, let's go to number two. What's your number okay. two? Uh, QPR at home. <laughs> There's a little theme here. Okay. <laughs> Again, just because, well, I, I should explain in my family, my uncle, uh, Gary, he is a QPR fan, bless him. <laughs> and uh, we enjoy it immensely because he gets so much stick for it. Um, and incidentally, I think my friend Jacob may have had COVID. So he was watching it on telly. He didn't come. And he actually caught a screenshot of my uncle Gary in the crowd looking very very grumpy and um it just tickled us and we had this little still of him on the uh, tv screen for ages yeah. as our family whatsapp group photo and it was brilliant and again you know that the, the the qpr fulham games are always those games that could go either way aren't they i think that they're those games that the big match nerves could come in because they know how much it means to the fans or they go out there all guns blazing because they want the bragging rights as much as us fans do. And um, they did it both times for us this season. So, yeah, delighted. So, yeah, that's my number two. <laughs> okay. My number two is going to be the Luton Town match. And it's funny because I did not watch this live. Many people know this. I was working. I can't tell you how frustrated I was getting alerts on my phone knowing I could not watch this live. It was very frustrating. Mm. And, uh, but again, the reason why this is my number two, Claire, is that it showed me the potential of Fulham being fulfilled at the very last home match. 7 0. This was a true 7 0. This was mm. a dominating 7 0. Mm. And if Luton Town or even if our own supporters want to point to the injuries that they had, okay. But I, again, I still think we were all. I, I don't think it really matters. I think we still roll. I think they wanted it bad. And that to me was uh, really shown was the commitment. And the funny thing about it is I got to watch, I just tell a little funny story about this. I got to watch the end of the match. I was able to take a short break. And on my phone, I was able to watch stoppage time. So I got to see Mitro's breaking goal that broke the record. So that, that was nice. So then I thought I had enough time that they would show all of the festivities afterwards. And I got to tell you, I am still angry at ESPN and ESPN plus or whoever did the broadcast for cutting it off because I never got a chance to see them with the trophy. Oh. I never got a chance to see any of the celebrations. I was so upset, but I have since. And thank thankfully the club have shared some videos from that and other fans have as well. But uh, I wish I was there. Mm. I wish I was there, Claire. So that's my number two. Mm. It's funny. I was going back and forth. Would that be the one? Would it be against Preston North End? Because that's when they gained automatic promotion. I was going back and forth on that. I'm going to say the one against Preston is uh, an honorable mention. Mm. Before I go to 
clear for you. Number one, I'm going to give you my number one. Okay, you ready for this? My number one is a little personal, Claire. My number one is home against Millwall. Why is that my number one, Claire? It's because I've never seen anything like what I saw with the phone players, Marco Silva, Boa, coming up to you and your daughter after the match. That, to me, is is the best match of the season. Not only did they win, but what happened afterwards in a tribute to your father, that's my number one match of the season. Yeah. We're just so lucky. I can't say any more than that. It was so unexpected, so unrehearsed. It was just humanity. That's all it was. You know, in that moment, they weren't players. They were just, they were grieving as well. The whole club grieved. You know, they did. Even um, That was was so real coming up. That was, again... If I uh, remember correctly, none of this was planned. They just came no. up to you. They just saw mm. you and your daughter, and they came up to you. Mm. Tom Kearney, we, we can name all the players. Mm. And players that hadn't been with the club that long, like Chalaba, well, again, he'd been with them a little bit. But you have Nico Williams coming mm. up. And I thought, yeah. wow, that is special. That is mm. really special. And I saw the hugs from Marco and, of course, Bola with you. And I was like, okay, I, I could tell that really meant something to you. Yeah. Yeah, it it did. And it does. Like I say, it still feels so surreal because um, Carmelo, who is the media manager at Fulham. I know, Carmelo. I have to give him and Nicola Woolworth the biggest shout out. Fantastic people. They've been there for us all the time. Carmelo phones me once a week. How's mum? How are you? He doesn't do it out of duty. He does it because... He's my pal now, but he's just the nicest man. And Nicola too, such a lovely person and people that I consider to be good friends now. Out of the most horrible, horrible circumstances, but they're truly lovely. And Carmelo came up to me just before the end of the match and said to me, Tom Kearney would like to give um, his shirt to Felicity. He said, come down with me. So... I was a wreck that match. Obviously, I, I didn't stop shaking the whole game. I it's it's very it's been a weird season because I've I've hated going but I've also loved it. It's been yeah. very strange. Um, so I kind of my my legs were like jelly through the whole game. I don't even now know how I got through it. But so we went down and and uh, Flissy is very shy, very very shy. So we went down, stood next to our lovely Carmelo and. Um, we were told, wait there, Tom Kearney will come with the shirt. And then um, I think we saw Tom coming towards us. And then I think, I don't know what I was doing. Maybe my eyes weren't very dry. So, and then I just remember looking up and the whole team and the coaching staff were there in front of us, just sort of staring at us. And I said to Fliz, I went, don't worry, they're not here for us. They're, they're just here to clap the Hammersmith in. They're not here for no. us, don't worry. <laughs> like whispering sort of. And then Tim Ream, he just looked me straight in the eye. I thought, oh, my God, he's going to come over to us. That's nice. Maybe he's going to, you know, I don't know, give Fliz his shirt yeah. as well or something. And he just came over like that. And I was like, oh, okay. 
and then one by one, one and then Harrison one. Reed, and then I can't remember after that. One by yeah, one. Yeah, they all came. Yeah. It was everything, though, was genuine, you know? It was Absolutely genuine. And like tell. I said, at that moment, they weren't football players. They weren't Fulham football club players. They were humans because they've got family and they put themselves in our shoes. They go to football with their family. That could have been me, you know? And yeah. I think that that really resonated with a lot of people. That could have been me and my dad. And, and it, it, yeah, they were just so lovely. I just, even now I've got goosebumps talking about oh. it because it was just such a... Well, that's why, again, this is why it's my number one, yeah. Claire. Yeah. You know, again, that's why, listen, we could talk about all the matches, but, I'm, you know, again, you can say in any kind of way what was your, you know, what were the best matches. This is the reason why. Yeah. Because it went beyond football. Yeah. It, it went way beyond football. It was emotional. I mean, I'm watching. I have tears in my eyes just watching the match. And then I see this. And then Emilio had videos, but his videos were, were farther away. So you got to see this with Claire. And then the club posted one. And I was like, what? I'm like, oh, my Lord. And then I got to see the entire thing. And I was like, wow, this is pretty uh, incredible for you and your daughter, and I'm just glad that uh, you got that. That's why, for me, it's the best match of the season. That's yeah. why it's me. Um, best match of the season, would, would this be it, or, or do you have something else? No, it, it's not it, actually, and this is where I cheat immensely. Um, That's okay. Can I just do a little add-on yeah, add to of what course. you just said? Not just best match of the season, but we support the best football club in the world, without a right. doubt. And I just, I can't say that enough because we do. And I'm Go not ahead, being, whatever you need to say. You know, I'm not being biased. We do. And I've had Liverpool fans, Man U fans, uh, Borough fans, all sorts say to me, my, t my club wouldn't have done that. I know my wow. club wouldn't have done what, what your club have done. Our club, we're something special. We really are. We See, are we know this, special. Claire. We absolutely yeah. know this. And when yeah. I try to tell people... The mm. foam are different. They're like, well, my, my club is this, but mm. I don't know if another club did what mm. happened to you and Felicity. I, I, mm. I just don't know. But it's, again, it's just the way that it's always been. It's one of the reasons why I'm a foam supporter. Mm. We're going to talk about a subject in a little bit, maybe, that uh, is a question from my son. You know, why do you, basically comes down to why do you support foam? Why do you support a team like that? And the reason is, is because we say it often, but sometimes you actually see it in front of you and that's, it's a family. You saw yeah. that. It yeah. goes beyond the football. It's yeah. a family and family members came up to you. Mm. We're going to talk, they might be footballs, but at that moment, they were family members yeah. come up to you and they embraced you. So that's yeah. what, what's special. But, but you said you had a different one. So let's go ahead. Yeah. I'm cheating now. Um, and people might scratch their heads at this, but um, January, <laughs> we had um, some cracking results. We did. Um, I had to scribble some of them down. Obviously, there was the 7-0 at Reading, which was uh -huh. very exciting. And I didn't yeah. go to it. I, I was so jealous. My cousin Vicky and her daughter was, were there. Yeah. Um, I was very jealous, but very pleased for them that they got to experience it. Um, the Bristol we was a uh, six two. 
yeah and then birmingham 6-2 and then on the uh week before my lovely dad passed away we we won 3-2 against against stoke which um i was at that game and i i to be honest i can't even remember it there's a lot i don't remember pre dad right. passing away just because it's just been quite you know it's been traumatic but you know though those results <laughs> mind-blowing right you yeah. know you're, you're you're scoring goals for fun at this point and it was so much fun it was so much fun to be part of oh, those, those celebrations and oh and I can imagine enjoy it you know it's it's great when you're enjoying the football your team is playing and and you're entertained from start to finish, that's what it's about. You know, exactly, you wouldn't go Claire. to watch a boring play, would you? And it's the same. You don't go to football to be bored. <laughs> well, well, Claire, you know, we could talk about a former manager who actually is getting promoted with Fulham. And, uh, you know, again, uh, let's just say that that was a little boring a couple of seasons ago. We got promoted. This is not that. Yeah. And as someone said to me, and I'll give Chris a shout out, while we were still in contention for a playoff spot, he said to me, I want to be entertained, Russ. And I didn't understand it at the time. I'm like, well, we're still winning. Because no, I want to be entertained. We were entertained. And mm. like you said, enjoy it because it's going to be different next season. Yeah. Enjoy it. And let's just look back at it in a positive way. We are going to look at the other side in just a bit because uh, I – you know, and again, in a way, I always like to look at the other side. We'll look at the three worst matches, and there are a few to uh, choose from. But before we do that, I'm just going to share a couple comments. This is also from Eddie Middlebrook. This season really encapsulates the Fulham family perfectly. I live in Texas, and I feel nearly as close to the club as someone across the pond. We are spread across the world, but still a family. Eddie, I totally agree with you. We are just talking about that. And one more comment, Claire. I know you're going to appreciate this one from our friend Steve Reynolds, who you met. Good to see you, Claire, after seeing you at Doncaster. Sugar sandwiches all right. <laughs> Brilliant. That is excellent. Yes, if anyone can uh, let me know if they've ever had a sugar sandwich, I'd be really grateful. No one ever has heard of them. I I've never them. heard of them. I've never heard of them. <laughs> My mum and dad would sometimes let us have a little sugar sandwich as a treat. Now everyone who has who heard me say that on the train was quite repulsed. <laughs> so okay. if if anyone could put their hand up and say I've had a sugar sandwich, I want to hear about it. <laughs> All right. All right, Claire. Now let's look at the other side. The three worst matches. So let's start with number 3. And uh I know you said you you took some notes on this. So what was number 3 for you? The three, third worst and then we'll get to the worst. Yes, yeah, so the the third worst for me um, was the um, Coventry loss at Craven Cottage. Okay. Um, I don't really know what to say about it. We just looked a little bit clueless. I don't know yep. if we were tired, um, if Coventry just sort of, you know, found our Achilles heel. Yep. Um, but, yeah, we were... We weren't pretty. We weren't pretty. And it was frustrating. The reason why it was frustrating is because it's, it's, it's not us. And we know that 
that's not us and we can do so much better. It's, you know, I, I, yep. you kind of feel like a teacher who who's a star kid <laughs> has uh, turned in some F grade homework and you're like, I know you can do better than this. And it, it was that moment, you know, yep. it was, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed, Fulham. <laughs> okay. Well, it's funny because that was my third worst as well. So we're okay. on the same wavelength. And I'm going to share part of the reason is what you explained as the match itself. It just didn't feel like us. Two, I'm going to be honest with you. I wanted revenge. I wanted revenge, Claire. And we'll talk about that upcoming in my uh, number two and number one, because I actually wanted revenge for some of the stuff that I had put up with. I want to say three to four months prior from some, and I'm just saying some of the Coventry City supporters so that actually hit me hard because I wanted them to win in the worst possible way. So so for me personally, that was my number three. Claire, what was number two? Okay, this is where I'm cheating. Okay, that's uh, okay. My, my number two, and I hate doing this. This isn't me. I must be feeling a little bit evil today because I don't like singling out one particular player. But my number two is any time Gazaniga is in goal. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's fine. Like I said, the beauty of this, and uh, we're going to be doing this moving forward, is that three up and three down isn't going to be about players' matches specifically. It's going to be whatever you want in that match. So this is fine. This is absolutely fine. This is not cheating. This, this is fine. Oh, man, that's that's funny, though. So for you, it was, it was Gazaniga. Yeah, yeah. And I don't really want to be too mean and say any more than that. I don't think I need to. I think most people okay. would understand where I'm coming from with okay. that. But he, he doesn't fill me with confidence. Let's just okay. say that. Okay, that's fine. My number two is actually the draw at Bournemouth. And the reason why that's my number two is because I just wanted to stick it to Scott Parker. That's just me personally. And the way that all went down in the end. Yeah, really bothered me. And uh, the arguments that I've gotten on with some other Fulham supporters, it's, oh, yes, if, you know, it was a penalty. Yeah, I technically, yes. But, you know, and again, the way that the uh, Bournemouth supporters have acted since then, showing pictures, you know, I've seen screenshots of the goal that barely got over. It's still a goal. And thankfully, you know, we, we have the Hawkeye that shows that it was a goal. Mm. But... Now the whole thing is that, well, if we didn't score that goal, Bournemouth would have won the league. I Again, I think Fulham would have acted very differently against uh, the last match against Sheffield United if that was on the line. So I don't agree with them on that. But that's why that's number two for me. What is the worst match of the season for you, Claire? Um. I, I feel like you should go first here, Russ, because I know that ours are going to be the same. Okay, mine is the Coventry City loss away. And again, um, what's interesting about this, and I, I want to thank Claire for her support. I have to thank Claire. So after the match, and again, it was very disappointing. It was a terrible match. Full credit to Coventry City, but they actually, with help of a dive, you know, that actually got the player suspended you know, went on to win this match. And this is on foam because, again, Coventry City were the better team. But the stuff that Max and I got after the match was, uh, again, still hurts to this day. I've been following foam football club since 2007. 
And I love this club and I really enjoy the league. I enjoy following other clubs and the stuff that we got that Max and I got basically really pointing out that we were Americans really upset me, really upset me. And uh, that's why it's the worst loss for me because it hit home. It let me know that after all these years, there are still people out there that judge me for being an American who loves football. And, you know, again, just because I'm an American, you're going to point that out because I'm doing a show on film. I shouldn't do a show on film. I shouldn't be talking about your club because I'm an American. That's how it felt. And it wasn't one or two comments, Claire. It, it was several comments. You know, again, I've had Coventry City supporters tell me that it was just a few. And I won't say that it's a majority. It's, it's, it's a minority. But it's definitely a minority. It's more than a few. It was more than a few different people. And they just kept commenting. I was getting comments for over a month mm-hmm. on that match from mm-hmm. Coventry City supporters. You have every right to be excited that you won, but you can send your comments without mentioning that Max and I are Americans. You, you just don't need to do that. And you're only mentioning it as, you know, again, you are taking a shot at us. You are based, you know, and again, there was no reason for that, but you had to bring in that fact. And that really bothered me because I always look at myself, Claire, as a film supporter, not an American film supporter, a film supporter. I think I've earned that right, and that really ticked me off. So that's why that's my worst match of the season. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'll match you on that as well and say it was mine. I have to say my experience of the Coventry supporters in Coventry yep. was a lot more pleasant than my experience of them post-match in Fulham. Uh they were actually quite aggressive and argumentative. And bearing in mind, we'd done um, a walk for my dad before the Coventry game. Right. So I I'm this tiny looking lunatic in a bright orange tutu. You know, I'm not looking particularly like I'm up for a ruck with anybody. And uh, we're walking through the park and these grown men uh, um, were becoming quite antagonistic to, to myself and, and my daughter. And, uh, you know, it just really confused me. I was like, look, you've won. Enjoy your day. Yeah, just enjoy but, it. Yeah, they, they were getting quite nasty. They were spoiling for a fight. Um, not terribly pleasant fans, I must say. Um, some of them are terribly unpleasant. Um but I would say the um, the four one game purely because we just didn't look like we knew our backsides from our elbows oh, that day, did form, we? Form were terrible. Let's yeah. just start there. Form yeah. deserved to lose that match. Yeah. Coventry yeah. City deserved to win it. So, yeah. so yeah. on a just to talk about the football, yeah. you know, th- that in itself is number one. But yeah. mine is also just a little personal. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so that that for me, although we actually had corporate hospitality that day in the Coventry box, and we had a great time, and you know, we had really nice fans around us who knew we were Fulham, but we were sort of, you know, we were just uh, chatting to them and being very friendly. So, so obviously, you know, you get good and bad with everyone, but we were so abysmal, so so abysmal. I, I struggled to to actually remember a game this season where I've just 
almost thrown in the towel and just gone to have a drink because that's not like me at all. I don't do that, but that's how I felt well, that game. Uh, yeah, that was just a terrible match, but I'm glad yeah. that we're talking about it. And again, listen, I just want to reiterate before we move on, because I do know a good amount of Coventry City supporters who actually messaged me personally mm-hmm. that were just really, they were really upset that I was dealing with that. Mm-hmm. So I want to thank all of them. And uh, and the majority are good football supporters. Yeah. And it was just, you know, a handful that you dealt with that I dealt with that just for whatever reason, you know, just could not leave it alone or had to just rub it in in their own way. And yeah, I, I just don't, that's just not how I act. I, I don't go there unless you come at me and they came at me. So then I came back at them and they didn't like that. And you came at them too. And they probably didn't like that either. But you know what? Like I said, there are many reasons why that's my worst. And you gave your reason why it's your worst. It certainly starts with the football because it was terrible. Okay, quick. Good, good stuff. I'm going to share a couple of uh, comments. Actually, I'll, I'll share this from from Russell Taylor watching great show YouTube. Thank you very much. I'm going to share this from if I'm saying this wrong, is it Rhyme or Reem? I could be wrong. Mariner? Yeah, that's ridiculous. If they don't want international fans, then why do they have the English clubs having international tours? We bring an income to England and to the clubs we support. Thank you for sharing that as well. All right, Claire. Coming up next, we're going to talk about some very interesting subjects to end the show. When you shop at a Walmart Vision Center, you get it. You know that you'll spend a little less on stylish glasses for the whole family. Welcome to the Vision Center. Let me know if you need help finding the perfect frames. Hey, Mom, you were right. These glasses are cool. Hon, they take our insurance. That means Papa's getting a new pair, too. Whoa, glasses start at just $39. Next stop, groceries. So you can get a little more of what you need. Find a Vision Center near you. Save money, live better. Walmart. All right, Claire, let's now talk about two players that are going to be now with Fulham for another season. I know you're happy about both of these. I'm actually happy too. But let's talk about, let's get your thoughts on that, and then also the reaction that we both have seen to Cabano and Reem returning for another season. Now, the, the club, all they basically did was basically put through their clauses. They had clauses in their contracts to extend another season so they picked up the clauses they didn't sign a new deal they just picked up the clauses which is great and the players are coming back and I'm actually happy that they're both coming back listen Tim Ream has been great for the club I had said to someone that you know I want him replaced for the Premier League because of his age but I'm not against having him come back and being part of the club as someone that you know again a squad player and someone that could be a leader a leader on the bench. I'm all for Tim Ream now coming back. And Cabano, I absolutely want back. But I'm happy that they're back. Are you happy that they're back for another season? Oh, yeah. 100% delighted. Absolutely over the moon. I was so upset at the end of the Sheffield game thinking that this might be the last time we ever see Tim Ream in a Fulham shirt. And when I saw the news yesterday, I was just over the moon. And Cabano, bless his heart, he's had the season of his life this season and I think Silva has just reinvigorated both those guys but the whole team but those guys in particular they have been and of course Mitrovic um they've just been so invigorated by by Silva and you know by virtue of 
this season, of course you'd give them a contract. And, you know, I I told my guys off in our little uh, WhatsApp group chat the other last night, I was feeling a bit grumpy and I told them off because I said, let's not write off our players before we've even kicked a flipping ball next season you know none of us have a crystal ball the last time we were in the premiership we had different management it was behind closed doors they they were both two very big factors to having an underwhelming season right let's not judge anybody on what's been let's look forward positively and if we're looking at what's just been let's look at the last eight, nine months, not, you know, 24 months, 36 months. It's a different team now, different management. And, and yeah, I'm delighted. I'm beyond happy, beyond happy. Right. And so am I, Claire. You know, it's funny because some of the comments that I've seen on Twitter dealt with, you know, and again, they're talking about, you know, there've been comments and listen, they're, totally true about the club having a bloated squad, a big squad. We do. But these are two players that even though they're up in age, that I think still have something to offer. Mm. And we're going to be adding players, but we need players that are full through and through. Yeah. Both of these players know the club. Both of these players mm-hmm. are part of the full family. We're going back to this. Yeah. You need players like that. We're, you and I were talking about this off air with Tim Ream. Tim Ream is someone, you know, I'll use an example of Kevin McDonald I used with you. Even though Kevin McDonald was past his prime, way past his prime, he was valuable just to be there on match day as, you know, a leader on the bench. He was there. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, Tim Ream can be that player. And I think Tim Ream, I don't know if his desire is to go into coaching, but I would love to see that offered Mm -hmm. to him if Mm -hmm. he wanted it as part of uh, Marco Silva's staff someday, if he got his coaching badges, but I want him to be there for the, this upcoming season. I don't want him to be a starter, but I want him there. Yeah. So I think that his presence is going to be important. And I think Cabano's presence is going to be very important Mm -hmm. as well. I love this. I disagree with the people that are against it. You have your opinion. This is ours. That's why, you know, football is football. We can agree to disagree on this. But I am happy that both of these players are going to be back, Claire. Okay, a couple more topics. So we, we were just talking about the form, you know, the style of play and how much you like the style of play, Claire. Let's talk about Bournemouth. Because, again, what's interesting about this, we're going to be linked with Bournemouth as long as Scott Parker's with Bournemouth, let's just call it what it is. You know, we're going to be doing this comparison with them. And I just want to say the, uh, I follow and I watch the back of the net, which is a very popular YouTube channel about Bournemouth. The guys do a great job. And over the course of the season, I could see their tune changing a little bit with Scott Parker as they came to the realization that we have. Now, Scott Parker has got them up. And congratulations to him. He did it with foam. But Claire, I'm actually happy they're going up with us because I think it's six points for foam. I'm going there, okay? Because I think we're the better team. I think we have the better coach. 
I think they have some very good players, but I think our team is more suited for the Premier League than Bournemouth are. I think Bournemouth are going to struggle because of the way Parker coaches. I think they're going to see it again. They're going to see why Fulham went on that huge slide at the end of the season. Fulham had a chance to stay in the league, Claire. Mm-hmm. And Scott Parker continued to coach them the way that he had coached them. He does not veer away from his philosophy, his beliefs. And sometimes it's okay to change. He was not willing to change at all. Mm-hmm. And I think Bournemouth are going to find out what we found out in the Premier League. That, yes, you might upset a couple of clubs. You might make it tough on them. But I think ultimately you're not going to have enough. And I think Fulham are much more suited for the Premier League than Bournemouth are. Your thoughts? Yeah, I don't really have much to add to than what you've just said, Ross. I, I agree with everything you've said. I think um, when I was uh, casting with you uh, the the Prem season, how many times did we touch on the lack of plan B the frustration at the boring football and and that hasn't changed so no. for that reason i think that bournemouth won't potentially fare well next season unless things tra- change dramatically unless he changes yeah. unless yeah you know it's funny because i had a bournemouth supporter come back to me and says well she believes he's willing to change i said I hope he is willing to change. I don't watch them each and every week. Maybe they have made some adjustments, but unless he is willing to come up with, like we talk about a plan B Mm -hmm. or come up with a different strategy against a certain opponent and Mm -hmm. then be willing to change it when you need to change it, then Mm -hmm. it's basically banging your head against the wall. When we watched him with film, it was the same thing. And then, he would be very reactive, and I just think we have a better chance than they do. But, you know, that's that's my opinion, Claire. All right, a couple, couple more topics because, again, this has been a, a topic amongst other championship fans, uh, podcasts. I, I've seen this from the Second Tier podcast. Oh, that was the, that's our last topic. Sorry about that. Oops. Okay, there's been a lot of criticism over the course of the season that Fulham get these parachute payments. Now, it's not really about Fulham. It's about the system itself. Mm. But Fulham, again, the minute they got promotion, all this talk is about parachute payments. It was the talk at the beginning. It's been the talk throughout the season. Claire, I don't blame Fulham at all for taking advantage of the system. If people have a problem with the parachute payments, they actually have a problem with the Premier League. Mm. And I'll go one step further. If you got problems with the parachute payments, then you should have the same problem with the fact that the league is not even, and that only two or three teams have a chance to win the league, and only about six to eight teams have a chance to get European spots, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. It's the have and have-nots. If you've got a problem with the way the championship is being run, the the parachute payments, you should have the same problem with the fact that Fulham have zero chance of winning the league. Mm-hmm. Zero chance. Mm-hmm. So I, again, I understand that these fans of the championship are frustrated, but they should be frustrated just as much with the fact that the Premier League, the way that the football structure is in England, does not allow for an even playing field. Fulham cannot compete to win the league 
Is that fair? No, it's not fair. It's the way the league is. It's the teams with the most money win. It's just the way it is. They can pay the players. They can get the players. Fulham are never going to be in that league. I've accepted it. So to those people that have problems with the parachute payments, you should have the same problem with the way the system is overall in England. That's just my thoughts. Sorry, I went off on a little bit of a tangent. No, I, I completely agree with you again, Russ. I, I think I think you're spot on. Um, I, I'm just bored of it, to be honest. The parachute payments, you've got clappers, you have cheese boards, blah, 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 blah. We play blimmin' good football. We're the best. Get over it. Just enjoy your own moments when you have them and just bore off quite frankly you know like yep. you say it's a it's a system problem not a fulham problem nope. don't don't bag out fulham about it bag out the system absolutely right. right and this comes out normally it seemed to come out whenever fulham were on a run whenever mm. fulham when they gained promotion and it came out when they won the league Parachute payments was a mm. comment that you would see right after that. Mm. It's like, let mm. us enjoy it for five minutes. Mm. But no, you got to be negative on there. Yeah. Claire and yeah. I are positive people. I hate to say this, but shut the F up. I, I've had enough of that. Sorry, Claire. I just had to do that. Final topic. Now, again, this topic actually started from my son. Now, my son meant no harm by this. My son, again, just was just curious about this because, you know, again, he's not really into football. So he was curious. So he asked me this question and please don't get mad at my son about this, but it actually is an interesting question. How does it feel following a mediocre premier league club? Now, right now, Fulham aren't even mediocre because they keep going back up and down. So I wouldn't even call them mediocre, but they were in the league for 13 straight seasons. That's an accomplishment. So I want to focus on that Claire. Mm. And we had some great times. Some fantastic times, Europa League, the great escape. And it's an interesting question, but it goes back to why I became a foam supporter. That's why I wanted to bring this up. I became a foam supporter because I wanted to follow a team that that really just encapsulate what I'm about. And it's about family. And it doesn't matter. You know, I know I brought up the fact that they can't win the league, but that's not what it's about for me. So being a team that say mid table is really what my son was really getting at. He doesn't understand what mid table is, but I think that's kind of where he was going on this mediocre is mid table, right? I'll take mid table any time of the week in the premier league, because you know what? My club will be in the premier league and I'm going to enjoy watching my club play the best, some of the best teams in the world. And that to me is why I do it. I follow foam, not for the glory, not for, winning titles, but because I love my club and I love the family of Fulham. Why do I follow Fulham Football Club? And they might be mediocre in the Premier League for a long period of time, we hope again. It's because it's the family of Fulham. And that's my answer, Claire. What what are your thoughts about this? And again, my son Brady means no harm. He was just asking a question. I just thought it was an interesting topic. Yeah, no, I... I think if you ask most people why they support Fulham, they'll they'll say two things. Either what you said, Russ, that they've they've either um connected with the club on on some level, or they went once, loved it, 
never never left you know um the other the other one is where I am and I say quite simply you cut me open I bleed white that's that's what I say it's in the blood and um my my granddad Eric was a Fulham supporter my lovely dad um they brought us into Fulham and we've brought our kids into Fulham there's right. nowhere else we'd rather be we I wouldn't if somebody said I will give you five billion pounds a year every year for the next 30 years to support any other club I'd say no thank you I couldn't do it okay. I just is it's my club is in my blood and you know what I couldn't care less if we were mediocre Premier League mediocre championship they're my club they're part of me they're part of my life they're part of who I am that's that's what Fulham means to me okay and that's great Claire. and that's kind of why I wanted to end talking about this and uh I'm just going to share just a quick story I'm not going to share a picture of this maybe I'll share it with you Claire so my wife sent me a picture and it was from 2006 it was in Disney World, and we were taking my daughter first time to Disney World, and this is before I became a phone supporter where I was trying to find a club of my own. There's a picture of me wearing a Manchester United shirt, and she just, I have not seen this in 16 years. She just sent it to me. I've not, it's not on social media anywhere, and she found it somehow, and it's a picture of me and my daughter with the princesses at Disney world and I'm wearing, and I have more hair, by the way, I have more hair, look much younger. And then I'm wearing a Manchester United shirt. And I forgot I had that shirt. I had a Manchester United shirt. So I'm admitting that I actually tried Manchester United. I tried Chelsea. Neither one took, I found the club that was mine and it was Fulham football club. So uh, I'm admitting that I actually, did own, do not own anymore a Manchester United shirt. So we so forgive you, Ross. <laughs> okay, well, thank you. Thank you for forgiving. Well, Claire, listen, you and I talked about that. You know, we wouldn't do a show for an hour. Do you know that we've been talking for over an hour now? Have we? Wow. No, okay. I, I it didn't feels like about 25 minutes. <laughs> I know, I know, but that's one of the reasons why I want to do a show with you. Thought it'd be good for both of us to do a show, just talk about foam and talk about everything. And uh, before we go, I just want to mention to, uh, you know, please, you know, if you're interested in information about what Claire is doing, you can actually go on Claire's timeline with uh, awareness for, you know, the defibrillator, you know, and again, she did a great episode on Fulmish about that as well. Some, you know, great information. And we're hoping that Claire's ideas on really this initiative don't just stop with Fulham Football Club, that they go become a model for the world. And I hope that happens, Claire. So I just want to mention that one more time. Also, as I always mention now, trying to get people to follow us on YouTube. Please do follow us on YouTube. Subscribe. It just helps other Fulham supporters find us. I don't know how, but a bunch of Coventry City supporters found us. But we need more Fulham supporters to find us. I, I don't need any more Coventry City supporters to find how about How about on Cottage Talk, we have more Fulham supporters find us. So please do subscribe. Claire, before we go, any final thoughts? Final thoughts are, I have to say, I am emotionally 
exhausted. So I'm looking forward to having a bit of a break. Okay. Saying that, I'm really looking forward to just being with everyone next season because, yeah. you know, it's not just about the football. It's about our fans who we're around week in, week out. Yeah. We have the most incredible fans. And we before we go, I just need to shout out to, I won't name them because I don't want to embarrass them. Okay. They know who they are. My heroes who helped try and save my dad's life Thank on you the 29th of Jan. I want to say how much I love them and I always will. And thank you for trying. And the whole of the Hammersmith end for everything they have done, you know, since the end of January, just smiling, patting me on the back, giving me a hug. I've had so many hugs from strangers. It's lovely and I'll never get wow. bored of it. And um, the, the back of the hammy end, singing my dad's name, just from nowhere the other day, just hearing them sing his name, that meant the world to me. And just little things like that, just being lovely and kind and yeah. generous with with their love. I just wanted to say thank you to everyone for that. Thank you for sharing that, Claire, really. And you and I have been talking ever since your father passed away and uh, you know how much it affected me. And then also I lost Roger Lewis too. It's been hard. And, uh, but again, I'm glad that we could do this show today. We'll, you know, talk about your father a little bit because, uh, you know, it's, uh, I, I, I'm just, uh, um, I admire you for the way that you've carried you. So my final thoughts is I'm in admiration of you because you've gone through a great deal. Uh, in a public way, which is very difficult. Uh, and you've come through this. And I know you're really starting to feel it now. And uh, you and your daughter, because we don't have the football anymore. And I'll, my final thought is just know your full family, including myself, we're there for you. So I'll just leave you with that. Thank you. And love to the Blackpool family as well. That's Bless right. That's They're right. Incredible. I can't That's right. They, they, they were uh, fantastic to you. Yeah. You actually went to Blackpool. Yeah. And uh, for whatever reason, I'll, uh, just to change the subject, Tangerine actually has a good color on you as well. So we'll just... <laughs> it actually it was. the Irish eyes. <laughs> what? What was it that? Bring, brings out the Irish eyes. There you go. There you go. Okay. <laughs> well, this has been a long show. It's been a great show, but we are going to wrap this up. From my very good friend, Claire Parrish, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you, as always, for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute, and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.